Hey everybody, welcome to Just for Variety. Today is June 14th, 2022. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Patrick Schwarzenegger, the 28-year-old son of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver, is earning the best reviews of his acting career for his work in The Staircase, the HBO Max true crime series about the death of Kathleen Peterson and the murder trial of her novelist husband, Michael. Schwarzenegger plays Michael Peterson's son, Todd, a seemingly good young man who eventually unravels abusing alcohol and drugs and, according to the series, appears to question his sexual identity. I caught up with Schwarzenegger via Zoom video from Los Angeles. He was back home for a few days before returning to Toronto, where he's shooting the much-anticipated spin-off to the outrageous Amazon superhero series, The Boys. Schwarzenegger and I talked about Todd's substance abuse, the scenes that didn't make the cut but showed even more of Todd's possible struggle with his sexual identity, and what he has to say to viewers who were surprised to see that, yes, Patrick Schwarzenegger really knows how to act. Plus, later, he reveals what his father said when he saw some of the work he's doing on The Boys spinoff. But before we get to Schwarzenegger, let's take a look inside the pages of Variety. Make sure to check out this week's exposure section. While I was recovering from COVID, yep, that damn bug finally caught up with me after I was able to dodge the bullet for over two years. I had reporters out and about covering the AFI tribute to Julie Andrews, the Time 100 Gala with Zendaya and Andrew Garfield, the Old Man premiere, the opening night of Tribeca Fest with Jennifer Lopez, and the premiere of her Netflix documentary, Halftime. Check out the photos and stories inside Variety or at Variety.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm talking to Patrick Schwarzenegger. The actor plays Todd Peterson, Michael Peterson's son in The Staircase, the awards-buzzy HBO Max true crime series from Antonio Campos and starring Colin Firth, Tony Collette, Dane DeHaan, Michael Stuhlbarg, Sophie Turner, Parker Posey, Rosemary DeWitt, and Juliette Binoche. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm good. You'll never remember this, but the first time I met you, I think you were about three or four. Wow. It was on the set of Batman. Oh, okay. Your dad. I was going to interview your dad. And the story that I love to tell is your sister looked at me and went, Daddy, look, it's Chucky. And your dad was like, don't say that. But the truth is, I did look like Chucky. Um, I had very big red hair with glasses, and your wow. was not the first one to call me Chucky at the time. Okay. So, good. 
Um, you were there, I believe. Um, so we kind of met. Well, nice there. to meet you again. <laughs> nice to see you again. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, talk about a performance. Talk about the cast you got to work with. I know. I mean, uh, excuse my friends, French, but holy shit. I know. I know that's kind of what I said when I first got <laughs> casted in the project was that, but it was, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it was, you know, I always say this, but it was really a, uh, a dream come true, you know, to work on first off a story that I was already privy to and was a big fan of, you know, I was a huge fan of the documentary. Uh, so to get to work on that, of, you know, after being a fan of it was, was, a uh, amazing than to work with someone like HBO, HBO Max, who puts out just such stellar and amazing content. And, uh, you know, I'm an avid watcher of all their material. So that, and then I, I'd seen Antonio Campos' movies. And then, you know, to top it all off, to work with all these different actors and actresses that are just so uh, amazing at their craft and at their work. And, and it just was, I mean, it was seriously like a, insanely stacked cast uh every single person tell me tell me about the audition did you have to put yourself on tape first what did you have yeah to so this was yeah this was the thick of covid so this right. was uh you know this was like uh christmas time 2020 um going into 2021 so you know covid was during that winter time was still uh coming back and it was a huge thing so there was no in-person audition so my first audition was a self tape. Uh, then I got some notes, then it was another self tape. And then it was a uh, directors and producer read and, uh, and so on, so forth. So um, it was kind of, you know, it was a little bit different to do that during COVID when you have kind of your, your chemistry, <laughs> chemistry reads, and you're reading through <laughs> zoom like this, and you're talking to the person, and then it switches back to you. And you're like, where do I look? It was weird, but they knew it was weird. Um, but it was great. Yeah. I mean, it, it went, it was the, I mean, obviously I got the part and, and um, I was kind of just shocked when I got it and, um, and excited. What do you like about Todd? You know, Todd, when I auditioned for, for the role, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, Cause if you watch the documentary, he, you know, the siblings aren't really, and the kids aren't really in the documentary much. Right. I mean, they're, they're shown here and there, but but they made a point to not really show the kids during the documentary, which is also why we were a little bit absent during certain parts of the actual miniseries when the documentary crew comes around because we wanted to stay true to story there. But um, so I honestly didn't know anything about Todd uh, or about really the family dynamic. And I thought that's what was made this whole miniseries so interesting was it was really about a family and a family that was going through you know, what was the family like before this murder? Oops. What was the family like before this murder? What what was it like during and, and what was it like after? And how did these individuals change over time? That was what was really kind of compelling about the miniseries version. And with Todd, when I got the role, uh, and it wasn't really until I got to Atlanta and started to, when we did prep and I started working with Antonio, really understand what the character was going to go through. Um, you know, it was uh, on the surface, it, it seemed like this, you know, young uh, go-getter, 
um, Abercrombie and Fitch-esque, you know, uh, individual that was trying to be an entrepreneur. And then you just found out all these stories about, you know, he was the one that was really there the night of, of the killing and how traumatic that was and how that affected him after and, and his life of always trying to impress his father. And then when his father left his identity crisis and moving to Cabo and becoming this, you know, a, a male, male model almost and, and, uh, and real estate, but then having this huge being consumed with drugs and alcohol and gaining a bunch of weight and then losing a bunch of it. There was just, he had a crazy arc that I had no idea about. So, you know, what did I love about playing Todd? You know, first off, we're completely different, yet we have similarities. Um, and I always try to find the similarities and things that I can utilize from my real life to draw upon uh, when playing a character. And, and it's very clear, and I had conversations with Antonio about this, of, you know, we mimic each other in the sense of we, we have a father that's very accomplished what is that like kind of the pressures of that how can i you know always trying to to make your your parents proud or your father proud and and be acknowledged by that um you know todd does that to a different degree um and i think that that becomes evident during you know whether he thinks his father is guilty or not it's he'll do whatever it is to stand by his side and to earn that level of respect um and then it was really fun to play with this idea of, of the uh, kind of the alcohol and drug consumption and moving to Cabo and, and just life kind of spiraling out of control. And, um, you know, Antonio was just so great. And he did this thing for me. He put me through this thing called dreamscape where I worked with a, a coach uh, on almost like therapy as Todd. And it was uh, really enlightening and um, was really interesting to go through that, through the different levels of Todd's journey. Mm. So is Todd a drug addict? Is he queer? What is, who is he? What is he? What were you able to find out? <sighs> yeah, it's, he does explore sexuality and we, we hint at that at certain times in the miniseries. Actually, we cut out a scene of, um, of me kind of going through some of that, some, some more, uh, investigations into his sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure why, but that was their choice to, to cut those parts, but we had some, and then also there was a prolonged version of, of us doing the cocaine in the bathroom and, and having a little longer session there. Um, but for whatever reason, they, they kind of, yeah, because for sure, I thought you guys were going to start making out in the bathroom stall. Yeah, <laughs> no. I know. I was I like, know, I where's his brother? Uh, yeah, I know. That's, I think a lot of people thought that. But yeah, I think that he, he did have a, a, a really troubled time with drugs and alcohol. Um, he did end up going to AA and there's a little scene of the AA and, and then getting sober. And then I'm not sure if falling back off or not. Um, but I think it was just really had to do with kind of, like I said, his identity crisis of, of spending his whole life trying to please his father. And then when that father figure was gone, I mean, absent in jail, he had this, this real identity crisis. And, uh, and that's when he moved to, to Cabo and got consumed with this different lifestyle. Um, but I, I mean, I don't, I never talked to the guy. I don't know a hundred percent all the details. Um, 
Antonio, our director and, and Maggie, the showrunner, you know, he's been working on this project for over a decade. You know, he was in the documentary. If you see, there's a little part of him in the actual uh, courtroom. So he's been obsessed with this and knows all of the details possible. So he's the most educated when it comes to this. And, and I really leaned on him and utilized him for a lot of the material and for what he knew about the characters. And he had binders and folders full of information and videos and conversation and information from other people about the characters. Wow. So I have to ask, cause you, you mentioned it. So the scene that he investigated his sexuality more from what it sounds like, it sounds like it was a sex scene that was taken out. No, there was some, some scenes where he was um, kind of pleasuring himself in his dad's office and some other scenes where he does and he, and he, and he can't to, straight porn and straight stuff so he starts to investigate other stuff but um those things they took out dude you went for it you went for it in this project (laughs) and i just i I love that you know you're 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 self-aware um you can make fun of yourself you know on social media like yeah i see your comments yeah I know. I did the James Corden show the other day, and he said that after he was like, "I, you know, I was doing a little research, and I went on your your Twitter, and I thought it was so funny how self deprecating you are. It's fun, man. I I I just mess around. Um, I'm having a great time, and it's and this project's been a lot of fun, and the reactions have been great, and a lot of them are funny. And yeah, I mean, I'm I don't mind, you know, making fun of myself and stuff. Is there a part of you? And forgive me for doing this, but doing the research for our interview and I was watching JLo <laughs> stay with me here. Yeah. Okay. The generation award at MTV the other day. And she talked about like, she thanked the people who said, you're not going to make it or, you know, you're not good enough that it motivated her. Did, right. In the past, when you would get the bad critiques or people made fun of you, did it motivate you to say, you know what, I'm going to prove you all wrong. Watch one day. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think that in, in life, if your, you know, mission is to prove other people wrong or to prove mm-hmm. everybody X, Y, and Z, it's just the bottomless hole of, of not, not being fulfilled. I mean, right. if I were to try to go and try to go and, and really make it my mission to make sure everybody out there knows that I'm, you know, working hard or I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm a good actor or, you know, I have my own passions in life and I'm not living off, you know, mommy and daddy's money and stuff. It's just, you know, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to touch everybody and make sure they all know these things. And if I did, like, then I wouldn't be enjoying my own life and my own journey and, and work. So um, I don't think that's my I know that's not my reasons to do things. But, you know, in, in, on the other side of things, it was fair enough. I've I'm learning a lot every day and every week, you know, I'm in class every week with a fantastic coach, Nancy Banks and her studio. And, and, um, you know, I got to work with people like Colin Firth and Dane DeHaan and so, you know, people that are way better than me and that have way more expertise and knowledge in the space and getting to learn from them and work opposite of them and, and working with a great director like Antonio, you know, those things are what, what elevates you mm-hmm. and, um, you continue to learn and, um, and that's, you know, that's what is, it's fun for me to do. Um, so yeah, of course, when I was fresh out of college and just started doing, 
you know, acting and stuff. Was I green? Of course. Did I not know what to do with my hands sometimes? Of course. You know, those are things you you think about and you get more and more comfortable. You know, confidence breeds kind of confidence. And when you learn more and you become more confident in a field, you get more confident and and thus, um, you know, you get better. And I hope to get way better as as time goes on. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be nice one day to be able to say to myself that I that I've grown a lot and and hey, there's always people that'll that'll think you won't make it and you know that you'll fail and stuff. But uh, that's not the reason I'm doing it. Was there more pressure on you? Obviously, your dad was so successful in his field. Your mom's obviously in another field. But did you feel like you're an easy target? You know, you're a kid of Hollywood. You're, you're you know, right. you're the superstar. You're the easy target to go after. Sure. But I, I don't mind. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that it's. A lot of people can can put a lot of value on other people's opinions of yourself, you know, and I think that's what drives a lot of people crazy and, and they start to become someone else or they start to become what they think other people think that they should become, you know, and I just don't. I mean, of course, there's going to be downsides of being, you know, having a famous last name or parents that are successful. There's more pressure and people will judge you. But I mean, you know, I'm healthy and I have a great relationship with my family and um, you know, I would never trade my my last name or my the life that I have. So, of course, there's always maybe ups and downs on on both sides. But um, I would never not be in the, in the situation I'm in. We're going to take a short break right now. But when we return, Schwarzenegger tells me if he thinks Michael Peterson is guilty of killing his wife, Kathleen. Plus, we talk about the boys spinoff. He won't confirm reports that he's playing a character named Golden Boy. But Schwarzenegger does admit he's shown production photos to his father, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Find out Arnold's reaction after the break. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Here's more of Patrick Schwarzenegger. So let's go back to staircase for a minute. Do you think Michael is guilty of murdering his wife? Yeah, I mean, this is the most frustrating question <laughs> and frustrating part. I think this is honestly what makes the staircase so great is that I can have a completely different opinion than you, than than your friend, than my girlfriend, than my mom, than my dad, so on and so forth. And and there's no true real answer, which is the reason I think that it's so interesting and so frustrating. Um mm. Every time I watched the documentary or even when we were doing this show and even last night, me and my mom watched episode seven um, together and we're going to watch the finale today. I was like, you know what, mom, the owl thing kind of makes sense. And she was <laughs> like, I'm really upset that I watched this and I saw the owl thing because it's it's just taken a little bit away from me saying that it was for sure him. And that's the thing is like all these little theories and different you know, uh, holes in the evidence makes you always kind of question, was it him or not? But at the same time, I'm like, clearly it was him. There's no way this happens to someone from falling down the stairs. There's no way that two, it happens to two people over 20 years, you know, that are both with him. It just doesn't make sense. And then the owl thing happens and all the, and you're like, okay, wait, could it be the owl? No, no, it can't. It has to be him, you know? And those are the things that are 
that are so frustrating. But I do think I, I do think it was him. But the owl thing is kind of compelling. Right. What What do you say to the documentary filmmakers who have said, you know, they feel the series has been, you know, a little too loose with the facts? Yeah, I yeah, I've read that. You know what? I don't know to what degree Antonio and the and Maggie and, and everybody from HBO, you know, what the deal was and what all the handshake, this and that for some of the material. I don't know those things. So I can't comment on that. What I can comment on is the the details, the specificity that Antonio went through to make it as real as possible. Right. And I could go on and on about this. And I'm not just saying this to make him look great. I just was amazed when I was there on set and with from the costume designers to the stage designers and and uh, what they had built out. And and the I'm talking about like the stairs that they built and everything were to the set to the millimeter of the same size. There was the same exact they made the same exact tiles everywhere. They made the same pictures. This thing hung out this way, the same way. The porch, how I entered in, it, it was all, they didn't want lights or, or the cinematographer to add their own lighting on the night of. They wanted everything to feel as exactly natural and the same as what, you know, Todd would go through that night and what the house lighting would, you know, give off. All these different uh, details they were so particular with. And um, and wanted to make everything as real and as and as, uh, you know, copied from from back when it happened in 2001. So, um, you know, his attentiveness to detail was extraordinary. Uh, Did everything line up how they said they would do it with? I don't know. I can't comment on that. But um, I thought it was pretty cool of how they they utilized the and of course, this is dramatized by the way. I mean, of course, he's talking about the owl theory. He's talking about other ways that she could have died that, of course, in the documentary, they don't show that because it's not what happened. So I think it's fair for them to say that there are dramatized parts because it is. Um, I just can't comment on to what degree the the deal was made or whatnot. Of course. Um, Are you were you able to, you know, you have some really dark scenes, you know, there is the the drug stuff and just courtroom stuff are you able to just walk off set at the end of the day when they say rap and get rid of it or do you take some of that home with you and need a process of saying you know what i've gotta let it go yeah it was for as dark of a set and as dark of days there were we had a lot of fun on set <laughs> and i think that was like one of the benefits of of like antonio bringing everybody together three weeks or a month before we started filming becoming friendly and family-esque together, mm. um, you know, and um, creating that relationship. But we had a lot of fun on set and we would mess around with each other and we would um, hang out with each other on and off set. And, and, um, and Colin was such a, a hero with that towards me. You know, I always speak so mm. highly of him because he was so great, you know, um, just on and off set, you know, in the first weeks of filming, it was a lot of, you know, episode one has a lot of, you know, him and I together. Yeah. Uh, and especially that opening scene was just like such a, a dump to film of just like such an emotional up down. And it was, a, it was a wonder. So, I mean, it's like a, you know, that took all day just doing that over and over. And it was just like, 
I just remember that night, I just literally got home and passed out of my bed. I was so emotionally and physically drained, but, um, no, it wasn't for me as hard. I don't know what it would be like for someone like Colin, you know, who's having to live in that Michael Peterson world for every day for eight months. I don't know how he went out of that. Mm. I really don't, but he was incredible in the sense of he could snap in and out. He could be talking like this about something about sports with me about soccer and who was doing this and that. And they would call rolling and he would go, <clears throat> oh, oh, are you shitting me? You know, getting all into this character, all, right, right in the character. And I was just like, what the, how does this guy do that? It was um, amazing. Tell me more about that dream process therapy that you did. I know I've spoken to other, you know, artists who've done similar work. I know um, Power the Dog, um, Jane Campion and Benedict Cumberbatch did a lot of that. Um, did you learn anything about yourself or was it just like you said, were you doing it through the lens of Todd? Well, we, yeah, we did it through the lens of Todd. Mm. Um, however, um, the girl that I worked with was really great in bringing, you know, parts of your real life into the story, mm. which was kind of a lot of the stuff that I tried to work on with my own, you know, dad. And, and how do I bring that into this, into this story? Cause I really wanted that to be, evident with the character and with their relationship that he was his centurion that he was always by his side and his kind of his right hand son because that also created the relationship between him and the Dane DeHaan character Clay and this almost rivalry of the brothers and and kind of the character arcs between them towards the end they kind of change places I become this this kind of fuck up and, and disaster and he becomes the more reliable one so we wanted to play with that um, but yeah, it was through the lens of Todd. Wow. Did, well, what do they say to you? Like, did you know about this process? Did they say, okay, we're going to go work? No, I didn't. Wow. I, I honestly, well, I mean, I've, I've heard of other people doing, you know, different, different things to get into, you know, their processes and, and, uh, methods to get into character. But, um, no, he, Antonio works with this specific girl a lot and works with this other guy in Israel, who's a body, body language coach, and just trying to identify ways that, that's, that bring the character to life besides dialogue and besides looks and everything like that, you know, um, bringing it from the inside out. And Todd was, um, yeah, that was another thing we worked on was just the, the body language and, and vocals, you know, he had a very, he, he talks in a very specific way. And, and, um, and that was something we worked on as well. And just trying to find little ways to, to bring it to life. I mean, he runs a website, a very successful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was people on for rap day. They gave out magnets that said, I run a successful website. It was funny to a bunch of people. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So I know you can't tell me any details, golden boy. Mm. Yes, I go back to Toronto again today, in fact. Tell um, me, how did boys, how did the boys spinoff come about? It just came, well, funny <laughs> enough, I actually auditioned for it maybe a year and a half ago. Wow. Or some time ago, a long time ago. Um, I, I think I originally had auditioned for Homelander in the original boys. Mm. And that was, I mean, that the the guy who they casted is way better than me and perfect for it. So <laughs> understand, but, um, 
yeah, I got a call back for that. And that went really great. And I was obsessed with that, but it didn't go for further. And they went older. And like I said, that guy's fantastic. And then um, when they started to, I think when they had this idea for the spinoff, like a, a year and a half ago, whatever, they had messaged back and said, hey, we know you did Homeland, this thing and that thing. I think, you, you know, we think you'd be great for this role. And I was like, great. And I kind of sent it in and they really liked it, but I didn't hear anything back uh really after that <laughs> and i was filming in atlanta anyway so i didn't mind and then this january or february whatever they uh they messaged like hey can you do another audition for it i was like what i thought you guys probably already filmed this or something i didn't know <laughs> and uh so i sent in another tape and they were like this is perfect great can we do a director's you know producer session again i was like all right sure and and then next thing I knew it was, it was happening. I mean, we couldn't say anything for a little while, but, um, but then um, I think they wanted the whole staircase thing to come out and that to go and then to announce it. But um, yeah, I started the day after the staircase premiere in, in New York and flew that, that night to, to Toronto. And I've been there since I just had a few days off and came back here, but, but I go back again tomorrow. So, or today. Tell, so tell me about reading the scripts for the voice spinoff is your mind just going, they want me to do what they want me to do. I, I don't know if I should say this, but I honestly didn't read. I didn't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) You're nuts. I don't, I I can say that because it's, it's brave and or brave. You're nuts. Yeah. But it's not, it's not like I chose not to, read something they just didn't have they're so secretive about what the heck happens in this show right that i didn't know anything they just kind of were like this it's about this this is the character this is what's kind of going to happen in this and and i was like okay this is it's the boys i know it's going to be something <laughs> fucking crazy and you know but it's an amazing show an amazing uh you know brand equity and great producers and amazon and so i was like yeah this is going to be great um and then when i started reading on set i was like oh boy this is gonna be uh yeah this will be fun and interesting um but yeah i i really didn't know much details about it before have you told your mom like there's you may not be able to watch this so they yeah it was i showed i mean i'm really not supposed to show my parents or tell them much but my dad, it's it's such a weird timing. We both started filming something, to, you know, different projects. He's doing right. something for Netflix. I'm doing this. We're both staying in the same place. We're both in Toronto filming together. What? It was the weirdest timing. We both started the same day. <laughs> and uh, so I always come home and show him kind of some photos from set or whatever. And I was showing him some from the other day from set that were just really insane. And he looked at me and he was like, what the fuck are you filming? <laughs> I was like, it's this show called The Boys. He's like, what is this? And I was like, you have to watch an episode to understand it or else I can't articulate what happens in it, you know. But um, yeah, they'll be in for they'll be in for a loop. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you this. So we were talking about in the office, you know, and, and I was telling people I'm interviewing you. If anyone has any good questions, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about Golden Boy. And I know you can't confirm Golden Boy, or if yeah. you want to, feel free to. Um, 
But I was like, yeah, I feel like there's going to be something like a golden shower in boys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, well, yeah, you never know. And then someone said, Mark, no, I think it's more like Golden Boy. Like, you know, he's the big man on campus. And I'm like, okay, my brain went there, but it's boys. So my brain is. Yeah, you you can't rule anything out. How much fun is it filming, though? Because it is. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's, you know, for me, like I've people always ask, like, oh, what kind of project do you want to do next? Or what what's like dreams for you? And like these the roles that I'm doing and getting are really exactly what I would want to do just kind of being able to switch it up and to kind of flex a different muscle per se and to to just explore other types of characters it's really fun I mean it's they're totally opposite and they continue to to change and that's what's really fun and you know that's why I love class because I get to play and portray totally different characters than I'll probably ever get casted as but you just get to kind of screw around and have fun um and uh and this set is really fun. Everyone is so nice. And there's just a loosey goosey comedy, you know, it's kind of like euphoria meets, um, you know, superheroes, I guess. I, I mean, <laughs> That's, there's the log line Euphoria. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just a fun last question for you. So go back. You said you auditioned originally for a Homelander. Go back to your, you know, your earliest audition days. What's the, what's the audition, whether you got the role or not, that you, that just stands out? Or was there an audition where you walked out? You're like, I can't believe I just I, did that. I think I did my first audition, I think was for, I think it was called 21 again, or Project X, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not complete the scene in the audition. I got so nervous <laughs> and like just buckled. I couldn't say the the, the words. Um, it was like, I, I don't know how, it's really weird feeling of like on set in front of like a hundred, whatever people, I don't get nervous. And then sometimes when I'm in an audition room with like three people, my heart goes insane. Right. Uh, it's a weird thing. I don't know if it's just like a psychological thing, but I remember my first audition and I remember calling my mom after and I was just like, God, this, I did not get that. Like, <laughs> I, that was a disaster. Uh, that always will stand out as probably my most memorable one of just not getting through it and just being like, that was terrible. So what happened? So like all of a sudden you're just like, I can't get the words out and you just walked out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost (laughs) just like, it was almost just like your heart rate was going, you know, have you ever had that where it's just like, and you just buck, like, it's just like, you you feel like you're just like (laughs) ramping and like, uh, you just don't know what to do and your heart rate. So and your, your breath comes like this and, you know, and I was like, okay, this is just not gonna, this is not working. (laughs) How How old were you? Uh, this was years ago. This must have been like eight years ago or something. Wow. I can't even remember. Ten years ago or something. Well, something look, where, like that. look where you are now. Yeah, it's great. Continuing to to grow and and uh, I'm excited for the future. It's um, got a lot of cool things in the works and and just having a lot of fun. So great journey, great journey for you. It's all about the journey. It is exactly. It really is. Well, congratulations, Patrick. I'm really glad we got to do this. Um, since yes, thank like you, I, man. 
I said I met you when you were four. Um, yes. But I'll well, see you in another 20 years. That was Patrick Schwarzenegger. The Staircase is available on HBO Max. Thanks for listening to Just for Variety. I'll see you next time. But for now, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your breaking Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you soon. Thank you.